Welcome back to the Too Legit Show. It's been a minute. I got Zach in the studio. Zach, what's up? Nothing much, nothing much. Just getting through lockdown. People who don't know who Zach is, he's, he's on a previous episode talking about boxing. And uh, he's hanging out today, and he's going to be a regular. He's the off-camera. He's the EP. He's the cameraman. He's the audio producer. So when my audio is extremely loud, we blame Zach. And Zach is overseas in the United K. The United Kingdom is what, is what the kids say. I like to call it the United K. That's, uh, United that's, I just made it up on the spot. Uh, but look, we're going to talk UFC 249 because that's the only sport going on in the world. I'm not going to talk about the Bundesliga. I'm not going to talk about this other – no, it's the UFC. The UFC opened it up. My man Dana White. Fight Island has not happened yet, but, you know, it's at Jacksonville, Florida. Nobody cares in Florida, Zach. I don't think you know this, but in, in America, Florida is the – they don't give a shit about anything ever in Florida. It's always like a Florida man steals a kitten and lights somebody on fire. It's like the, it is its own place, and they're, uh, and they're doing some fights. But uh, that's been just my week in quarantine, Zach. I got to talk about Tony Ferguson, bro. What did you think about that main event? What a main event it was. I mean, I don't think anyone would have expected – but what the the end of it was, I mean, what a fight! It was just I would never expected that uh, finish. In all fairness, that was definitely not my prediction. I don't think anybody expected that. I, uh, Justin Gaethje fought the perfect fight. He fought the perfect fight. This dude has two L's on his record, right? Uh, both fights he probably should have won against Eddie and Dustin Poirier, and uh, he was controlled chaos the whole way. I didn't expect. I, I mean, I, I I picked Tony to win. I thought Tony would win. This man works out in jeans. He's cutting weight every three weeks. Uh, did it help him? I don't know. It maybe hurt him. I don't know. But look, Tony Ferguson, I thought he was going to win the fight, and he didn't. I'm kind of bummed because Tony never got, like, a big fight in this 13-fight win streak, right? He just kind of, like, interim title, interim title, fought this other guy. Never fought Habib, never fought Connor. And uh, it, it sucks for Tony, but he, I guess he's going to get right back into it. He fights about once a year. And it is what it is. But look, this guy is El Kukui for a reason, Zach. He, that man can just take some punishment. And uh, he made it to the final bell. And Justin Gaethje's the interim champion. Good underdog pick. Really, a lot of people were picking Gaethje. Wouldn't have surprised me. This quarantine is pretty crazy. You're going to get some crazy scores. And you don't know what kind of shape people are in. And shout out to Justin Gaethje. He's going to fight Habib in September now. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, going back to the predictions before the fight card took place, I thought, looking at both fighters, what they're capable of, knowing that Ferguson has been dropped in fights before, I initially thought, first round he was going to get dropped, sort of weather the storm, come back, his cardio is going to come through, and then later rounds, finish Gaethje, maybe fifth round. I thought there'd be, it'd be a bit more grappling involved in the latter rounds. Right. Yeah, Gaethje certainly proved us wrong, and I'd say for the first two rounds, it was very even. Gaethje was, you know, he was swinging for the fences, 100% power into his shots until, and the end of the second round is where things really changed, where he got dropped with that uppercut from Ferguson. Yeah, and that was Trevor, huge. Yeah, and then Trevor Whitman at the end, he realised uh, Gaethje's coach, he's putting too much power into his punches and instead of looking for clean, easy pop, one, two strikes. And that's where Gaethje really was on another was on another different planet from Ferguson there. Ferguson looked mentally tired, even though he was taking those shots. You know, he just looked like he was, he was not on Gaethje's level and that, you know, was able in the end. Herb Dean had to stop it. It was the right, it was the right decision for me. I mean, it was the right call, man. Tony Ferguson dancing in the hospital is all time. This guy's ready to go. Apparently he's back training, according to Eddie Bravo, but 
he's going to take a minute to recover from that damage, man. He took a lot of punishment in that fight. And it just seems like he's been training for that Habib fight forever. But he's been training for the, he was training for this fight date for like six months. He's got to rest that body a little bit and reset, man. It's, uh, it's, I'm a little bummed still for Kukui. I really, Habib and Tony, five times they got canceled. It never happened. It never will. It's one of those things. It's like Riddick Bovers, Mike Tyson. It never happened. They, they grew up two miles away from each other. Never fought each other for the heavyweight championship of the world. It is what it is. We got to talk about my guy, Zach. My guy, Triple C, because look, Connor ain't fighting Habib. Connor ain't fighting Gaethje. They're, those guys are going to fight each other. I'm saying Nate Connor three, and I'm saying Masvidal. Uh, oh, actually, don't be surprised if Masvidal fights Connor. I don't think that will happen. What about Colby Usman two? That's that definitely happen. potential, definitely. There's a lot of super fights because of the Fight Island, Zach. Got to make up this pay-per-view money, so a lot of Fight Island fights. But somebody who's not going to be on Fight Island, man, is Triple C. My man, Harry Cejudo. I picked him to lose. I'm on the record. I thought Dominic Cruz was going to win this fight. I thought the angles, the reach, the length, it was going to be too much for an Olympic athlete. I thought this on paper, Zach. And Triple Z, Triple Z, Triple C, Charlie Z, all that in between. Cejudo dominated bell to bell. I mean, I really, I really, Cejudo, from the moment the, the fight started, he had a game plan. He stuck to it, and he beat down Dominic Cruz. Uh, was the stoppage a little early? I thought it was originally. I'm not going to lie. And then when I saw the replay of Cruz getting hit 11 times straight and him not doing anything, I, uh, I was a little bit more okay with it. Cejudo's the man. He's a G, the triple C, and he's going to quote-unquote retire. I don't believe that. I think this man is just negotiating. Uh, he talked about retirement before because my man's not getting paid. The flyweights, they don't get paid. The bantamweights. They don't get paid much either, okay? And, you know, is he going to go up to fight Volkanovski at 45? Height-wise, it's possible. You know, it's actually a good break for him that Volkanovski, the champion, he could actually try to sneak in and get the quad C, the C4. Uh, but, look, Cejudo will be back. Is he going to go fight in one? Maybe. Maybe they trade Henry Cejudo for somebody. Maybe that's the next trade. Because they traded Mighty Mouse for Askren. Maybe they trade uh, Henry Cejudo for God knows who. I don't know who is out there right now in Ryzen or in Bellator that the UFC could trade Cejudo for. Maybe Lima, but that's about it. Uh, other than that, shout out to Dominic Cruz. Get back on the commentary table because you're really awesome. And uh, I guess it'll be funky. It'll be Aljamain Sterling versus Peter Yan. If I had to pick, that's, that would, that's, that makes, that's, that's the fight that makes the most sense for that division. And Mumaz will just do Cody and TJ Dillashaw three while, that, while, the, while they come back in January because uh, all hell is going to break loose in that weight class right now. I think no, but I think with Triple C, I think even though I don't believe his retirement, I can see from perspective why he would. I mean, Olympic champion, flyweight and bantamweight yeah. champion. But at the same time, the defense against TJ Dillashaw and Cruz, certainly those performances are coming to question with the stoppages. You, you can make a case for early stoppages on both in both fights. Right. And even with um, his fight against Marlon Marais to win the bantamweight title. He was losing that fight. Exactly. The leg kicks were really, you know, it was really hampering his performance. And he did come back because Marais gassed out, which I did not expect. But Me neither. I, even though I, he's an amazing fighter, I still think, in some perspective, there's still a lot for Cejudo to prove. Definitely. And... After, I mean, even though he did fight Cruz, in my opinion, the greatest bantamweight of all time, I don't think that's really solidified him. You know, Cruz hadn't fought since that loss against Garbrandt in 2016. And, you know, with those injuries, it's a huge, huge factor. And I would have liked him to see, you know, face more uh, active fighters such as Petrian and Aljamain Sterling. But, you know, 
I think too he dangerous. I think the money wasn't there anyway for them, for him to take that fight. So he took the the biggest fights possible. That's why he wanted to fight Jose Aldo in Brazil. I mean, because that was that would have been a big gate. That would have been a big pay per view, big everything. Um, I don't see where, what else he can complete. He he won the two belts. He won the Olympic champion. He's thirty three. Uh, um, he actually the only thing he hasn't avenged is the Joseph Benavides loss. But I don't even people. I don't even think people remember that he lost to Joseph Benavides. Like, the people just know that he beat Body Mouse. He won. That's a fight he arguably won as well. Yeah, that's a fight. It was a split decision, right? So it was very, very close. I don't see anything for him. I don't see anything for him. Who's going to fight Cody Garbrandt? There's nobody at 35 that I'm like, dude, this guy is just making way. I thought Cody was going to be the dude. Cody had it, and then T.J. Dillashaw took it. So it's like, and now T.J. Dillashaw is going to come back from this suspension. We'll see what he's got coming January. But I, I mean, do think that – He'll be coming back at a late age as well. He'll be coming back at what? 34, I think. Something yeah, like but he's, he, the body gets to be recharged a little bit. However, the counter is the smaller the weight class, the, the smaller prime they have. I mean, if he was a heavyweight coming back at 36, who cares, right? You could have another 10 years of heavyweight at that age. So it'd be very interesting to see if the skills diminish. But uh, he's a hard worker, man. So we'll see. But the, we got to talk about, speaking of big-ass heavyweights, there's nothing I love more, Zach, than two big black dudes swinging for the fences in a fight. Right when Rampage fought Rashad Evans, you couldn't hold me back. When John Jones fought Daniel Cormier, you couldn't hold me back. And now we got Francis Ngannou versus Jair Rosenstrike, wow. Cameroon versus Suriname. Now, now for people who don't know Francis Ngannou, he's he hits like a Ford Escort. Apparently, that's what Dana White likes to say. He hits like an actual vehicle. This man, he talks like he sells flowers on the side of the street on on Sundays at the farmers market. He sounds like the sweetest man on earth. But he's a murderer. And Francis Ngannou has the, I'm going to put my chin up really high. I'm going to run right through everything you're throwing, and I'm going to swing, and I'm going to win. That's his strategy, uh, and it's working so far. It literally has. Uh, he had the yips against Stipe, but he just uh, crushed Rosenstrike. I mean, he just swung, and then, the, 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 like, literally, they just turned off the switch, and then the dude, like, was sat on the cage, and then he took a couple more, and then it was over with. And uh, Francis Ngannou has every right to be angry. Because Steve Miocic is in training. He's not fighting. He could have moved to Vegas. He's trying to find a way to fight. Daniel Cormier, he's been eating good, living good, judging by the broadcast. I mean, can Daniel Cormier whoop my ass? 100%. My man is not ready for a Stipe or a Francis Ngannou fight right now. So where is that? What, where is the heavyweight division right now? Because the title hasn't been defended in nearly a year, Zach. So I don't know what's going on right now with Francis Ngannou. Give my man uh, maybe a shot against Blades. I don't freaking know. But something's got to happen with Ngannou. And Rosenstrike, that was way too much to chew off, man. I think that was way too much for him. Maybe we do Rosenstrike and the Black Beast on Fight Island. What do you think? I mean, I would hate to say the thing is with heavyweight is is there's one clear number one contender in Francis and Garnu. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, I don't think it's right to create an interim belt because who are you gonna put him against? All the other heavyweights, they're not coming off like straight consecutive wins like Ngarnu. The title shot must be next to him. He's improved immensely since his losses to Derek Lewis and Stipe. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, Stipe, DC, who knows if it's going to be made because D DC has already stated that he wants a lot of money. Right. He was set to retire in May. That hasn't happened. Stipe's clearly not, um, has fighting on his mind right now. So it's in such a quite a peculiar stage. And I would hate to say, because it, it was such a boring fight, but, 
Maybe in Garnu versus Lewis too. That could be the but fight. didn't he just lose to Dos Santos or something? I think so, but see that that's what I mean. It's just Ngannou needs the title shot. And I believe that, you know, Stipe, maybe if Stipe DC do it again, Ngannou takes that time off and then he gets the winner. As I feel as well, you know, what Ngannou's average fight time is about what, two minutes forty seconds. So we haven't yeah. been able to see a lot from him. So, you know, I would, I would, you know, take that he can take that time to improve on what he wants. And, you know, people are saying that, oh, he could knock out DC, he could knock out Stipe if, you know, he fought Stipe again. But people are forgetting, especially with the case of DC and Garnu, DC, DC, sorry, beat Rumble Johnson twice. Right. Essentially the light heavyweight version of Ngarnu. And if he can deal with that sort of power... And, you know, he, you know he's, that's a strong fight against Ngarnu. I think people see Ngarnu's power and count everyone out. But, you know, this is mixed martial arts. There's so much more to just striking, swinging. Yeah. We saw in the first fight, Stipe versus Ngarnu. That Stipe, you know, he took, he took some heavy shots. You know, he gave some back. He utilized that wrestling, nullified Ngarnu. And, you know, but Stipe, you know, with age, is catching up on him. Yeah. But, you know, it's the heavyweight is in such a peculiar situation. I think Ngarnu needs to make it. And if Stipe is willing to not fight the number one contender, I think he should be stripped. Yeah. It's been almost a year. Um, I mean, this is a, this is a, it's an interesting situation because of the whole COVID and he can't find a gym to train in Ohio, but these guys are making it happen. And, you know, it's not like an excuse. He should defend the title, but it's been a minute. It's been a minute. And I would love to see something happen in that division. Francis Ngannou wants to fight next week, I think. That's just the funniest thing. Like, he'll fight anybody, anywhere, anytime. Uh, other fights on the card. I think Jeremy Stevens, that, that, the, they hit each other at the same time. I picked Stevens to win that fight. You picked uh, Cater. Cater, is it Cater? Cater. You picked Cater. And uh, that elbow is harder than the fist. And Jeremy Stevens folded like an accordion. He'll be back, though. He always gives a good fight. And then the opening fight of that show i come, i forgot what the opening fight i know Cerrone and pettis was a good little was a good little fight pettis won that fight nico uh, price luke that's what it was that fight was madness i forgot if that was on espa on the prelims or the main that was madness every fight was madness on that pay-per-view man that, it deserved every one of those 700,000 pay-per-view buys that was I a agree. great fight even even the fight past prelims you know bryce mitchell he put on a great yes fight. he's going to get his camo shorts finally <laughs> finally I mean, he, he, that whole card was great. And, you know, it's even even more amazing that event could happen. And, yeah, it was... It was oh, even... oh, and Greg Hardy. Greg Hardy won. And he basically thanked Daniel Cormier because the you could hear all the commentary. So it was a trip. I would also like to see the commentary people back together in the same table because if they're already tested and they've been in the hotel and all that, they can be sitting in the same table. I'm good with that. But, yeah, let's go to Wednesday, man. Let's go to Wednesday. Let's go to the only fight I, I basically saw, I think, that I paid attention to was the, the main event. It was Glover to Sharon Anthony Smith, and that was horrific. Like, it, when I'm yelling that they need to stop the fight, it's already around too late. I mean, teeth are falling out. He's getting beat down, beat up. That referee is the referee Dominic Cruz wanted. D- Dominic Cruz would take Jason Herzog any day of the week because Jason Herzog was like, I'm going to let you die in here, man. I'm going to let you die in here. Uh, they're having these conversations like he's a Glover is apologizing to Anthony Smith in the middle of the fight. And he's like, it is what it is. His teeth are falling out. He's basically telling his corner without telling his quarter. Look, man, I'm fucking done. Can we, can we get out of here, man? This, I have no, no, 
And the corner's like rubbing his shoulders, massaging his head, like, you got this, bro, you got this. Talk about just complete tone deafness from the corner. The corner is there to save the life of the fighter in any sport, okay? The referee, a little bit of the blame. He kind of let it go too far, but maybe he didn't want to be responsible for that. Maybe he heard what happened with Keith Peterson and Dominic Cruz in the back of his head, and he's like, I don't want to be a fucking story in the main event. So maybe he's going to like, I'll just leave it in the corner's hands. Corner, the corner failed Anthony Smith at the end of the day. And Glover Teixeira beat the shit out of him. That was a, I mean, from the third round on, I think it was just punishment the whole way. It was brutal, broken orbitals probably, all that stuff. Glover gets the win. And I, I don't know if Anthony Smith will be the same after that. That was a beating. That was a beating. He shouldn't have answered the bell in the fifth. They should have threw the towel in after the fourth round. Uh, and that's, I mean, and that's, it was, that was, that's the dark side of fighting right there is watching a fight that goes like that. Like, oh my God, like Jesus Christ. Anyway, what, what, very Zach, I know you're watching that fight. I was very, very surprised. You know, I going in predictions, I thought, you know, whilst Teixeira had the experience, I thought Smith, you know, with all the things he was saying online, you know, calling out John Jones, and he stated that he had learned a lot from that UFC 235 loss. I thought be, he'd come in reinvigorated, especially coming off a win from Gustafsson new fighter, I thought he'd get easy win, but wow, we were we were wrong, you know, I thought I was really, really surprised, I mean, he does have the heart of a line, he lives up to his name Yeah, he does At the same time, though, you could just I was just shocked at like, what I was seeing like, he just, he was gassed out, even though after the first round, which I would argue the first round was quite close, yes. you know, both were landing shots on each other, but from there on, you know, it was just, it was just a one-sided beatdown, yeah. as you said, and that was really that was really a surprise after everything he'd um you know talked about coming back to like you know light heavyweight with John Jones, but yeah, wow, it was just such a such a shock. Yeah, and light heavyweight is in a peculiar situation right now because Anthony Smith, you take him off the board, Glover kind of slides up, but John Jones already murked him. So you already have like you have Blakovich, you have the uh, Tiago Santos who is recovering from like four different injuries he's suffered at the same time in that fight. And then you have um, Dominic Reyes, who I, who I think is the champion right now, uh, uncrowned champion. I thought he'd beat John Jones. That's for the record, even though John Jones is a hell of a – he's the greatest fighter to probably ever live MMA-wise. Uh, it's a very interesting situation. Jones doesn't want to fight Reyes unless the money's right, so that tells you where that's going. And he, he – I think he wants to fight Blakovich. And that'll probably be the fight. And then they do Santos and uh, Dominic Reyes. But light heavyweight, it is what it is. I'm ready for John Jones to go up to heavyweight so he can fight That's Francis and Ghanu. They've realized, been talking you know, crap. They've been talking crap, but John Jones is taking pages out of uh, Floyd's and Connor's book of just talking about fights just to see where the interest is, to gauge it if the money's right. If you put Francis and Ghanu versus John Jones for the interim heavyweight title, shit would explode. Shit would explode. That's the you, who's gonna say no? Everyone will be like, that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. That's a good fight for the interim heavyweight championship. And then what? You go DC John for the for the for oh he lost DC beat Steve Bay, and you have that fight. You dangle the DC John heavyweight unification in front. That would be absolute chaos. Absolutely. It'd be madness to quote this. It would be to mad. It'd be madness to quote my UK boys, my mates. I'm down for it. I'm down for it. I'm down for it. I'm down for it. I, I don't know. The rest of the card, I know, like, Ray Bork fought, and that was about it. Because they were just, like, background noise. I wasn't really paying attention. 
was Dober? No, Dober was on this on that card, or was it on this card? The other for the co-main for that was Rothwell versus OSP. Yeah, and, yeah, okay. I mean, but, oh, I forgot you could you could have fooled me that OSP fought at two hundred five. That's a big. That was a big guy, and I didn't see the Von Flute choke, but I don't even know who won that fight because Ben did it was Ben Rothwell. Yeah, he was Ben Rothwell. That guy, he's been fighting forever. That guy, I remember him in, in IFL. I think like that guy's been fighting forever. Finds a way to win. Uh, let's just go with Ben Rothwell versus Francis Ngannou since everybody is still pretty fresh. Let's just see what happens. Fuck no, it. I think, I think, though, the fight is to make is John Jones and Ngannou would be a hell of a fight. And yep. Jones has already stated that he before he went up to heavyweight, he wants a catchweight fight at just um, 220. I don't want to hear that shit. No, yeah. you fight. You're a heavyweight. You fight a heavyweight. I don't want to hear it. You walk or you, you balloon up to 240. I don't want to hear it. All right, I don't want to hear no cut. You're doing a Floyd move. You're doing a, a like what Floyd did to Canelo, like you know, just just fight, just do, just do it, man, just do it, just fight the Floyd. What 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 heavyweight is he afraid of? That's heavy. Daniel, is he afraid that he, Cormier be too fat? And Ganu weighs at what two fifty, two forty, so make him lose a little weight. Whatever, John. I don't know, but I think also why that OSP fight was significant because he was another light heavyweight moving up to heavyweight, and right. I think. And John Jones was tweeting at like, seeing he was looking at the fight and seeing what he would do. And, you know, I think we just got a watered-down version of Ngannou uh, Jones there. Yeah. Essentially. But I think there's a lot of, you know, you know, a lot of talk. I think Jones, he's cleared out everyone in the 205 division. I mean, I thought he... Reyes. He's got the Reyes fight. I mean, I thought he did beat Reyes, even though I, I would agree there'd be a rematch. But after that, heavyweight's the place for him. Yeah. And then... But at the same time, after 205, it's going to be a graveyard when he moves up. Not going to be many noteworthy fights because that's when Because if up. he moves up, it kind of works out, right? That you could just do Blakovich versus Reyes for, 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 for the title. But we'll see. The money's got to be right. You know, John Jones, is, you got, he wants to get paid well for, to move up to heavyweight. And who knows how many years of heavyweight he has. He's going to have a, a good run of heavyweight right now if he moves up in time and who knows? We'll, we'll see if he's bored. We'll see if he's dehydrated. We'll see if he's just age catching up with them. It'd just be very interesting to see because uh, shit, man. Francis Ngannou. I, mean, I want to see that. If he hits, if Francis Ngannou hits John Jones, I want to see that. I just want to see the impact. I just want to see the, the collision. That's it. That's all I want to see. And then we had some fights last night, Zach. Some more I was making Moscow mules. I was barbecuing. Had the TV flowing. I was watching the fights. Uh, it was some great. It was some great fight. A lot of blood. Darren Elkins. I hope he got transported to a hospital as soon as the fight yeah. ended. That was it's a mess. Awesome. My guy Marlon Chito Vera, the only Ecuadorian in the UFC. He got robbed. He got gypped in that fight. I thought he beat Yadong. Two two out of three I'm rounds. Not so sure. I'm not so sure. You know. I had it. Twenty nine, twenty eight. Am I? Am I? I had it. I thought he won two rounds out of the three. That's just my opinion. But it is what it is. Well, so I, think, could he have done more? For sure. Huh? So you, um, did you, what rounds did you think he took? Forgot how I had it. I, I think, think he won it. I think he got stronger as the fight went on. I think he won the, I think it, I think he won the second and the third, I think. I, I think he definitely closed the fight better than, than Yudong. I, I agree with that. But I think the first round, if I remember, it was songs, you know, he was, he was, he was landing clean shots. The second hard round, shots. The, the I think he, he definitely had the harder shots. Agreed. In the second round, though, I can see look, it was a close fight. I 
I really get, I really don't like it when people comment, oh, if someone loses in a close fight, it's a robbery. That's not a robbery. That's not a robbery. I thought I he robbed because I thought he clearly won two out of three rounds. I, but the second round, I think I can see why, but for me in the second round, Song was landing cleaner shots with more damage. But what probably swayed people to think that Vera won that round is, you know, he was landing like a lot of soft punches at the end. It was just a flurry at the end. Right. And I was actually, you know, as I was reading some of the comments from that fight, and it was, I remember someone was commenting that Sugar Hill in an interview admitted that he used to do that at the end of rounds, flurry with soft punches. Yeah, you, you, you try to win the last 10 seconds of the round. Agreed. And I think, you know, with the takedowns as well, Vera, Vera was utilizing his takedowns. He was, you know, both of them getting good damage shots off. I'd say Song had, you know, he had the advantage on the standing. And when it went to the ground, it was a, a different story. But, you know, there's another argument saying that UFC are really trying to promote uh, Song. You know, yeah, really they really him. want Song. And, she, and Vera is a 35er, came up to fight at 45 for this fight. So I don't mean, he probably doesn't really lose any stock because he's going to go back to 35. And probably fight another guy in the top ten. Amazing. So, all the fights on the card were great, and you know, it's it's it was a big night for the it was a big night for MMA because three, it's like the first time three fights there were knockdowns and people put them down all lost. Wow, Angela Hill got the knockdown against Claudia. Claudia won the fight, and that was a very close fight. That could have gone either way, but I think Claudia edged it. I think Claudia did more total to win that fight. Um. Yeah. Who else had the knockdown? Walt Harris knocked down Overeem. Wow, yeah. And then what was Thank the other? You. What was the other one? So it was. Oh, Barboza! Barboza! Barboza lost. That was a. That was a. You know, that was that was a great fight as well. Um, that could have yeah. gone either way. That that's another one of those decisions where like, ooh, I don't know, maybe, but that was a hard one. The only one that was very conclusive was the main event. That was the one where I was like, okay, that's no doubt. And even then, man. Like, that was a hard fight to watch because of the backstory, right? Even Overeem was like, God, this is going to be – this is hard. And you could see, the whole fight was just emotional. If Harris would have got the stoppage, I don't think anybody would have been mad. He flattened Overeem out a little bit, and he punched him like three times. If the Jeffrey would have jumped in, I don't think there would have been a complaint. That Overeem shows tri- where he's – that showed – that fight showed how much of a veteran that Overeem is. Yeah. He, he weathered the storm. Yep. He was experienced enough to get out of it. Immediately turned him round when uh, Walt got a bit too overexcited. You know, got he slips, managed to control him, get his back, get the punches in. You know, and it's not it's going to tie you out when a two hundred and forty pound man yeah. is like lying on you, leaning you and just pushing and just punching and that Take that stuff just wears you out, man. And a guy like Harris, who's a big dude, six five, two sixty five, probably weighs two eighty on fight night, and just to deal with that. And you're like, you're right, over him. Overeem's fought all over. You know mixed martial arts. Dude, Overeem's been fighting for 30 fucking years, man. Overseas, Holland, J- Japan, Ryzen, kickboxing, Mr. New Year's Eve, Mr. TRT against Lesnar. I mean, this Overeem's has done it all, every organization. And like you said, has he been on a bunch of highlight reels recently? Yeah, but he's still a top 10 heavyweight. He fights all the best guys. He is, I don't want to say he's a gatekeeper because he's better than a gatekeeper. He's just like, he's the standard for the heavyweight, and if you're going to make a name in the heavyweight division, you got to get through that guy. And Walt Harris almost had it. The, the light was at the end of the tunnel. And I, he, just, he just blew his wad and over him with patience, just slowly, meticulously, and stopped him. I mean, even, even the closing, closing of the fight, he, it wasn't like he was going like triple C. 
he was just like, you know, picking the shots, going under the armpit, over the top. And then, you know, the referee had no choice but to stop the fight. He flattened out Harris in the corner, and he could, he, Harris couldn't really go anywhere. And uh, it sucks, man. I really wanted Harris to win the fight with all the stuff going on in his personal life. That's a shame. But uh, the octagon is a ruthless place. So it's, uh, it is what it is. And now what, now what do you do? What do you do now with Alistair Overing, who is the number eight ranked guy? He just beat the number nine guy. Does he fight? Who is the top five heavyweight that Alistair Overing can face right now that he hasn't been KO'd viciously from? That would be a good fight. Derek Lewis, Overing. That's the only one I could think of. That's that is that's it. Most fight. That's no, it no, because no. Derek Lewis has won two in a row. You know, so you might as well just do Overeem. Ro- I don't know who you do with Rosenstrike. Maybe you do Rosenstrike and Blades. But um, I think Blades is, Blades is fighting. Isn't he fighting on an upcoming card? Or he sh- he sh- I'm pretty sure he's uh, scheduled for a fight. For the June. Maybe he's on the June card. But, I think uh, he is. I think. Is it Volkov? That he's, he's that's fighting? what it is. So maybe yeah. the winner of that. Because it's tough. That's the thing with heavyweight, you know, it's, and especially now Overeem's in a really peculiar place because he was winning that fight against Rosenstrike. And yeah, you know what? They could actually run that back, and I wouldn't be mad. Yeah, to be fair. Why don't they just run Overeem or Rosenstrike? Because Volkov is fighting uh, – Volkov is the one fighting Blades, right? I think, yeah, Vol- Volkov's a I, – for, for me, I, I think I'd pick Volkov. Maybe, I think, for now, because I think he's a great fighter. He's really, both him and Blaze are really, you know, underappreciated heavyweight fighters. You know, they've got great, they've got a great set of skills. You know, Curtis Blades with his wrestling. You know, Volkov's got great striking. And, you know, Volkov nearly beat Lewis, but he got knocked out. Um, but I think heavyweights in the, for the heavyweight division to move on, in my opinion, it just, they just, Ngannou needs to fight Stipe. In order for it to progress, but when it's like I got a question, what do you do with Junior Dos Santos? Do you do him and Rosenstrike? So, see, this is why I'm, I'm happy I'm not Dana White. I think you gotta do. <laughs> I think you gotta do that. I think you gotta do Dos Santos and Rosenstrike and Black Beast versus Overeem. That's it. And then Ngannou versus whatever. Ngannou versus you know Ngannou waits. I think Ngannou. I I don't really see if. I don't see DC Stipe happening again, only because, you know, with this lockdown stuff as well, Stipe's, you know, saying he's not want, he doesn't want to do it. And we know DC, you know, fair play to him. He, he wants, he wants a good fight person. He wants it for the money. Right. And but he can't train properly either. Cause California is the tightest. Exactly. And again, there's a strong argument that they won't make as much money with no crowds. So I think that, and when you have someone like Ngani who's just willing to fight wherever, whenever, yeah, I think scary. really needs to be prioritized. And I think Ngani should face Stipe. I don't think I reward you gotta reward the fighting champ. You gotta reward the guys who are putting it yeah. out there. I know we're in a pandemic, but I you gotta reward the guys who are you gotta reward Francis Ngannou for fighting. You gotta reward Tony Ferguson, for example, for taking that fight. I mean, he doesn't fall too far down. You know what I'm saying? Do you think, even though it probably won't happen, do you think Ferguson beats Gaethje if they fought again? I wouldn't be mad to see it again. But the problem is I think Justin won it in such an awesome way that I don't know if we're going to see that. We're going to see Khabib and and Gaethje. Tony versus Poirier, maybe. 
would be a fight I would like to see. Because what else? What else are you gonna do at fifty-five? Connor, Connor, without Connor. I mean, you've got. I'm not saying Connor should fight him, but you know, Dan Hooker's on a good fight. Win. Dan streak. Hooker's a hell of a fighter. Dan, but nobody knows who Dan Hooker is. Well, there's a big, there's a big Australian market there. You know, he's Australian. You know, when they, when they get to fight him on the cards. Man, would you do Hooker and Poirier overseas? I think Hooker Poirier would be a great. That's fight. a great fight. You might as well just do that. But then, but then Tony, who's who's Tony going to fight? Kevin Lee. You know, Ayakinta. You know, it's like. Imagine Gaethje could be Tony Connor, Poirier Hooker, all on the same card. Fight Island. No, Maybe. that would be absolute chaos. That would be in just be like insane. lightweight, just lightweight Grand Prix. Just like fuck it, we're doing it. We're putting, we're putting four, we're putting four lightweight fights on the card. We'll find a fourth one to add to that, and we got Francis and Ganu. Deal with it. So Does that Francis and Ganu open the pay per view? Oh my god! Like I would feel like here's my thing. I love Francis and Ganu. I put that dude as the main event on ESPN every time. Because if I'm debating, I'm gonna buy it. Put that guy on the fight right before the pay-per-view. Oh, I want to see more of that guy. And here's how you get people. You can even do the heavyweight Grand Prix. Just get all the big black dudes, and they'll be like, oh, okay, cool. There's more Francis and Ganus on the card. I'm thinking of casuals. You put a card with Black Beast and Blades and Derek Lewis and, and, and Rose and Strike. You find a way to get DC on there, and then Steve Bay's the token white dude. And you just like, you just be like, oh, okay, cool. They've never done an all-heavyweight card. I feel like that would be – that would make so much money. That would be the be shortest chaos. card ever, that would. Huh? be the shortest card ever. Every fight would just be stopped. Whatever. You can still <laughs> – there's a guarantee. Like, I wonder <laughs> – I wonder, right? I wonder if people are like, there's a bunch of murderers on that card. I'm not going to buy it because it's, it's going to be like a, an hour pay-per-view. Exactly. That's why you got – you, you got to just do four heavyweight fights and then uh, the Benavidez uh, – that guy rematch for the flyweight like just have com- just complete polar opposites because i don't nobody knows who the, who the flyweight chamber of the world is say henry shudo has an amazing point if you go around and you ask a hundred people who watch ufc they couldn't tell you the guy who's the flyweight champion i couldn't tell you the guy who beat benavides last month no idea who the fuck he is i couldn't i know he's brazilian that's all i know i don't know for me so who the champion can we get a we're gonna have to get another guy Who's our third hand? Can we pull this up? We need a stats guy. Stats guy, pull up. Who is the current UFC flyweight champion? <laughs> Does anybody the, know? Know. Let's see. Let's see what the internet says. Uh, oh, it's Davison Figueredo. But there he's you go. Missed weight though. Huh? He's, he's missed weight. He's not. That's there. right. So it's blank. Still, it's vacant. You're right. Oh, so there is no. It is triple C. Yeah, triple C. Huh? That's. He's still triple C. He's still triple C. He still wins. That's, that's what triple C has to do is he's like, I'm going to have a fight against the vacant and he's just going to fight an invisible person. And he's like, cool. I just claimed the vacant title again. Deal with it. Don't think he's ever going back to 125. In he fact, can't make it. To say. I think he's more likely to fight 45 than 25. I think, I think he's going to fight Aldo. I feel like that Aldo fight is still out there. If he wants it, he, he'll cause he'll go to Brazil. Very few people will go to Brazil to fight Aldo. I don't know. I think 35 is the weight class for him. It's the right size for him. I think 45 would be a bit too big because you've got people who are like slightly taller. I'm saying because of that, who's the champ right now? It's because only it's Vol- he, Max Holloway 
runs right through Henry Cejudo. The size is too much. The size is too much. But Volkanovski's short. He's stout. Triple C's not going to be afraid of the grappling and the rugby and all that garbage. All right? He's Triple C. He's an Olympic wrestler. All right? I'm saying that. It's like when Connor Connor would have fought at 170, he'd be a selective at 170. You know what I'm saying? It's the same thing. It's like it's just a perfect, it's a perfect storm for Cejudo right now. But the money's got to be right. And what else has to be right is the judging. We've got to get MMA judges in here. But that's another, that's another side story for that. We got a UFC coming up, Zach. Who, I guess the, the Amanda Nunes card is going to be in June. We don't know when. And the fights that were supposed to be next week are now being pushed to the 30th. Uh, they're going to happen in Vegas if Nevada opens up, which is looking like it is. But if not, they're going to go to Arizona, Zach, uh, which is another cowboy state. Like, it's so crazy going from California because you, you, you haven't been much around the, the, the states. California is very, like, relaxed, chill peace no weapons good boy save everybody you go to nevada and arizona it's like trump county usa guns no fox america uh, it, it's it's hilarious um but other than that i'm excited for more ufc fights same it's gonna be quality when we come back on the show zach we're gonna be talking about michael jordan in the last dance i can't wait to talk about the 10 part series you know my dick was hard the whole series and i can't wait to, i can't wait to talk about how this, see, I've been using Michael Jordan's psychopathic mentality in everyday life. Can't wait to talk about it. But Zach, this was a fun run, man. I like having you on the show. You're the second mic. You're running the behind the scenes stuff at the same time. It's a beautiful thing because, you know, talking to yourself, you get a little full of yourself, which uh, I t- tend to do. And uh, it's nice to talk and uh, not to, like, because when you're by yourself, you can kind of just say what you want because nobody's really going to check you. You know what I'm saying? I can, I can go out and say, Alistair Overman is going to run. You me to put you in your place. Because, <laughs> hey, sometimes I go off the rails a little bit when you're by yourself and, you're, and you know, you, you kind of say some things once in a while that are a little outlandish. But look, at 2LegitShow, YouTube.com slash 2LegitShow. We're global. We're prestige worldwide. Zach, anything else before we go? Make sure to follow us on Instagram, 2LegitShow. Subscribe. And yeah. And be on the lookout for Colby Covington because that is Zach's number one priority on the show. You heard it here. It's the first official episode. Future guest Colby Covington. You heard it here first.